0: Hello and welcome to the Money Marketing Podcast. I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and we are back again for our end of month podcast. I'm joined again by the editorial team. So I will let everyone introduce themselves.
1: Hello, I'm Katie Pigden, Editor of Money Marketing.
0: Hi, I'm Lois Valley, Chief Reporter.
2: I'm Michael, News Editor. I'm Darius, Investments Reporter.
0: Okay, great. Thank you guys for coming back. We're slightly light on the team um but you know how August does, what August does. People are all over the place. Um but I'm glad you are all here with me. Um so I guess we'll get started by talking about some of the Stories that you covered in August. So Darius, I noticed you had quite a few in our um top ten stories. So uh, are there any particular stories that stood out for you?
2: Um, well the, the one that uh, came top was regarding um consumer duty and um, <clears throat> um, if it should curb or end active management, and that was one that got a lot of attention and a a lot of comments um and it was a uh, I mean, an idea originally came from a, a, a tweet and, uh, yeah, because an article for it, but um, uh, um, a, a lot of people sort of uh, heavily disagreed or agreed with it. But, yeah, um, uh, basically, the, the, the sort of argument was that consumer duty should put an end to advisors putting their clients in active funds um, okay. because it sets up a higher and clear standard of consumer protection because financial services. Um, and uh, and then some advisors did say, you know, they, in, in general, they see uh, the old passive reactive debate, you know, passive sort of usually comes top and usually wins and it makes more sense and it's, uh, it's cheaper and so forth. Um, but um, not everyone agreed. Um, uh, for um uh Investments, a UK director, uh, sorry, a UK director from Orbis Investments, he, he he did disagree with it and he said every um type of um a uh, passive management as a form of active anyway and and you know mm-hmm. there's there's more to the story so yeah, it's not just a simple uh yes or no sort of thing uh but yeah that, that did get a lot of attention did uh cause a bit of a debate um so yeah that was uh that was my my number one uh, well yeah it was no, it was number one of the list sorry yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. um so isn't but I thought like the whole point of a diversified portfolio was to have a balance of all of that Passive, active, or am I dumb? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think it's a, a debate that's been rolling on uh, for years, really, like whether active management should exist or or everyone should just put their stuff in passive and just sort of get on with their their life, really. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, I suppose depending on what side you sit on, there's going to be an argument as to whether that does well or not. I guess how often you know these people can actually beat. The rest of the market and consistently mm. beat the rest of the market is what some people have been saying but obviously there are these um products available that you can just put it in and it's it's let it get on um mm-hmm. but i i think it's going to be one of those things that we're, we're probably still talking about down the line as well i don't i don't think the consumer duty probably will fully end active management. I'm sure um people in that sort of field, are, you know, are, are good at what they're doing, and mm-hmm. they can then take more of a focused approach on particular funds and 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 things like that. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's just just interesting how much attention it attracted from our readers. I thought it would do well, but um, yeah. maybe not not as well as it did actually. <laughs> I guess some people are very passionate about it, um,
0: but. Uh... What about you, Katie? Uh you I saw you dipping your toes a lot more uh this month when it came to writing.
1: Yeah, I've been back into sort of um doing some news. Um so I had a little chat with the Quilter CEO um as sort of platform results and things were coming out uh they mentioned that they are looking at a different sort of strand of advice as well so they've got their network and their national and then they're thinking of doing sort of something that fits in between that so that sort of came out from that discussion as well um so it's interesting to see what people think about that um but one thing i also done was that um quilter was edged ahead and i literally put edged ahead because with platform assets um now coming in at 69.4 Billion for them, just slightly ahead of Aberdeen at 69.3 billion. And I'm sure Aberdeen will have a lot to sort of say about that and try and make sure they get back in what would be deemed pole position, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, the picture for the retail platform market has looked quite bleak in recent months, actually. Um, Stats have been showing a record low for net sales in the second quarter of 2023, um, coming in at 2.8 billion, I think, net sales, Um, the lowest on record, in recorded to some people who uh, report on all of that down 38% on the first quarter as well. So it's just really showing the sort of challenging market that there is at the moment. Maybe mm-hmm. people aren't putting as much money away, or they're actually needing to withdraw some of that money to, to fund various things, just the cost of living.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, we, you know, we also had um, Aegon net outflows of 1.1 billion in the first half of the year. I had double check I was reading the figures correctly as it had been a while and it was quite early in the morning um so I was looking you know brackets definitely mean minus right and you know and and things like that because that would be a a terrible figure to have got the wrong way round. um (laughs) so I think you know it's just a, a a challenging time platforms are sort of noticing that um more than some other areas really where just sort of It's hard to hold on to that money. Um, Yes, a lot of them are still sort of saying, well, we're still investing actually in the platform and the technology and stuff behind it. And there's still things coming down the line. And although no one has a crystal ball, uh, you know, they do think it will pick up again. And we will sort of steady it, I guess, eventually. But yeah, it's just been sort of um, each time you sort of see these numbers, it's quite, quite stark.
0: Yeah. I think whenever I have conversations with people, they always say, especially if they've been in the industry for like 20, 30 years, they're less likely to be um, perplexed or shocked at any downturns because they always say, oh, no, this, this happens a lot. We just think that while we're in the moment, this is terrible and it's going to have, it's going to last forever, but it doesn't last for as long as it seems.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes, um, obviously, there's been so many factors at play here, haven't there, you know, elsewhere mm-hmm. in the world, things that are going mm-hmm. on, cost of living, I think it's it's all that thing at once. Um, a lot of advised clients, obviously, probably the advice they usually get from their advisors is, yeah, stay put, don't do anything mm-hmm. too drastic, you know, don't change the way you're sort of doing things. But whether... Obviously, people can put as much aside when yeah. you know their pay or whatever will only be a certain amount, or whatever their future things are, or maybe sort of going, yeah, actually, I'm going to take some of that out to start enjoying yeah. life and not sort of feel I'm, um, you know, that 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 was the whole purpose of, of building it up. So maybe Austrian. you know, naturally, we've got to a point as well where those people would have been taking out some of their money because that was that was part of the plan all along. Um, yeah. So I would imagine it's quite a few things. All at play at once. But yeah, you're right. We'll probably look back at some point. I, I remember um, talking of sort of active versus passive. For quite some time, my husband had set up a, a Vanguard account and hadn't really said anything. And I think he was a bit worried I was going to sort of wonder what was happening to money or if it didn't <laughs> play out. Um, and, you know, oh, I think it was probably pre me joining money marketing anyway. So it was suddenly a discussion like later on down the line of like, oh, you've had this secret account well how is it doing you know and let's have a little look because we've had the the rainy day funds and things that we were saving for for specific pots but I think that he viewed this as his thing of oh well this is a little bit more of the ordinary to what I usually do um and you know it was steadily doing quite well but what he was noticing is you know is what a lot of advisors would say it was that regular putting money in that was actually sort of bring in the most benefits for him um mm-hmm. and then there was obviously when the pandemic hit you could see where it sort of dropped a little bit then but it's actually for him it's it looks now when you look at the the time scale it looks like a small blip um compared and it's just sort of carried on sort of marching on um mm-hmm. and then I actually set mine up a lot later than his so mine's never felt like it's got to those high percentages that his currently showed um compared to mine sort of but you know the the trick is obviously I suppose not to look at it every day yeah definitely (laughs) I I do I do tend to look have a little look because I'm just curious (laughs) of how sort of things are performing but I do the same with my bank account even though I know nothing's really changed so (laughs) um it's just a weird little quirk of mine (laughs)
0: yeah no I sometimes I have to like delete apps because I'm just like no I'm just giving myself anxiety for no reason and it's not worth it so uh I'm not going to jump to conclusions or do anything drastic so I just have to take myself away from it sometimes um but Mike what about you what story stood out for you in uh August
3: so uh a couple of a few um all pension well uh, a lot of them pension related which is unsurprising um,
0: pensions guru
3: pensions guru yeah but um i think one of the ones which uh most interested me and which was passed on to me by, by my esteemed colleagues um was uh the, uh, the one about monzo uh, bank challenger bank uh potentially looking for a a pension sort of uh, product manager, new role mm. to head up their new savings and investment team. Mm. And uh, what was just interesting about that is it's been a bit of a a kind of um, uh, like like what well, I guess well known theme that you know uh, uh, comes up and Cups comes up every now and again about uh, big banks, about how uh-huh. banks used to be in uh, financial advice, and then yeah. since like the financial crisis and uh, RDR. Um, they left because they couldn't charge commission anymore. Um, And Mm -hmm. so this Monzo thing was Mm -hmm. was kind of quite interesting, because it seems that they are actually trying to sort of, you know, you know, come in um, and actually do something, um, you know, with with pensions and and advice, which is which is kind of quite, quite interesting. Um, And, and, you know, and a a kind of uh, and also a new bank, not not like an old bank, like a like a Lloyds or a Barclays or one of the the big boys, so to speak. Um so that was yeah. quite interesting. Um, uh, and then Hartley Pension. I think.
0: Um, sorry. Yeah. I sorry. I I was. I just wanted to jump in. I think quite a lot of those like tech. For me, I think because they're all on apps and stuff like that. I have a Monzo account, but I also have a Moneybox account. And I remember maybe in 2020 or something like that, Monzo also not Moneybox launched their own. Um, uh that you could transfer your pension pot all into one place. So I I'm, yeah. I imagine that might be the same thing that Monzo is doing so that they can step into that, similar to like Pension B and all those other platforms where you're able to just have everything in one place. Cause I think a lot of those tech based banks um kind
3: of are competing to be the best in that
0: area, I guess, really or great, have the
3: most customers. That, that's a really great point. And um, thanks for, for for raising that, because I think, yeah, you've got all these different pensions pots um, and they need to be aggregated. And if, uh-huh. and, and if um, I don't know what the estimate is about how, what missing pots are worth. Um, I think that's quite, well, overall in the UK, it's worth quite a bit of money. So mm-hmm. if you can get hold of that, um, you know, it's a potential revenue stream. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's, that's sort of what Pension B is doing. They're getting hold of all these different, um, uh, assets,
0: um, mm-hmm. and
3: are moving a bit faster than some of the older legacy businesses, which have less good IT and data. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, so that, that's kind of, um, interesting how, um, that's the, that's developing, um, and then. Uh, another kind of pension story i I did is about uh, the Hartley pensions saga. um that's that's continuing. So that was a a sort of um, uh, uh, sit provider uh, sort of wrapper um, which uh, 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 collapsed, I guess the degree of uh, um, uh, ignominy um and the wind down of that, and when the pensioners will be paid still ongoing. And the date when they might be paid, when they might get some money, just seems to keep um going longer and longer into the future. And the, the administrators, um, uh UHY Hacker and Young came out and said that it's unlikely they're gonna be paid. Uh, you know, they're not gonna be paid this year, they'll be paid mm. next year. So, so poor pensioners again can't get their money, um, which is a kind of classic, classic story. Um it's it's stuck. So if you can help, um, you know, people get their pension money, whether you're a kind of challenger bank or you're an administrator, um, you'll be doing some good work because that seems to be a bit of a theme, um, you know, it was a bit of a theme in August. Um, and then I think the, the uh, uh, a couple of other ones I wanted to mention, um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: one mm-hmm. was that the government extended its, its uh, cold call ban. Okay um, from, uh, pensions, uh, product, like pension products to all financial products. So it's confirmed it's going, going ahead of that. Um, and then the FCA also did a bit of a rollback on, um, on it, on this thing it was trying to do called, uh, I think it was its core advice regime, okay. otherwise known as simplified advice, where they were trying to, um, um, Increase the access uh, for mainstream, like uh, investment advice, to some to a very narrow range of, of products, like okay. stocks and shares ISAs, um, mm-hmm. and they've rolled back on that, which is, which is interesting, I think, um, and then just looking at it as part of their broader um, advice review. Yeah. um So yeah, no shortage sure of that Well received, or? yes, it was actually uh, because they the reason actually why they didn't go ahead with it um was because people told them not to in terms of the the feedback to their consultation so so they are they are listening yeah which is which is good uh, Good. because that doesn't always seem to, to to um happen or at least that's a complaint from advisors
2: so yeah. it does
1: show then if a consultation's put out that it is worth people putting their response to it then. I guess, you know, I guess sometimes people think, oh, I won't bother with that, or here's another consultation. But, mm-hmm. you know, if that's been the thing that the FCA has actually then looked at that advice that's um that, that's come through. And people have said, well, oh, don't really think this is something you should be focusing on. And it's decided to act upon that. But that's but, but got to be seen as a positive, I would think. Yeah. Definitely.
3: Definitely, and as and thanks for bringing up that point, Casey. Because actually, I remember when I was writing the article, for some reason, I was somewhat surprised yeah. that the FC had actually res- responded to and then done something. So even in my own reaction, um, uh, you know, I, I had actually surprised. Oh, they actually have listened, and I don't know if that that feeling or perception is fair or accurate. But I guess it does go to show that that you know when you have that initial reaction to to something. You know, why do you have that feeling? Is there any legitimacy to that to that feeling or perception? So so yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, but exactly respond to FCA consultation.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and finally, Lois, what did you have that you covered in August? That was quirky oh. and
4: fun. <laughs> oh, you want quirky and fun first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I wrote probably the most important article I've ever written for money marketing or at all of of any brand, I think,
2: about whether
4: aliens will need financial advice. Because I noticed, um, excuse my voice, by the way, I've got a horrendous cold, in case you're wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I saw that in the national media, particularly the tabloids that started picking up, like stories about aliens do exist. I didn't actually see that there was anything new that had happened. It seemed they were all just sort of saying, oh, there's new evidence that has come out. No, there
0: was a, there was a, I don't know what the US politics is, but they had like, uh, in Congress, they had, I think it was in Congress, they had someone who was like on a special ops team being interviewed by different um, governors or Mm. Congress members and asking him questions about things that he had seen. And And this kind of revealed a lot of details to the public that they were not aware of of like black sites and all this stuff. Um, So then people were like, oh, okay, so this is confirming that, you know, things not of this world have landed here. and then I that's think, where the conversation starts. I think at
1: the time Kim I hadn't actually seen the initial um article as well but my niece was staying with me and she was just like that's it I've I've known it all along I've always said aliens exist and no one's <laughs> listened and blah, blah. And I was like, what are you talking about and she's like it's been confirmed in America and we're saying you know to my husband look you're a scientist have a look there's genuine articles about this. I was like very excited by this sort of news. What is she talking about? Like or what site has she read this on? You know, this, yeah, no, a, no, it was the this is a good is this gonna be a genuine <laughs> um thing or not? And then yeah, happened to sort of read a few articles about it. I was like, oh right, okay, yeah. This isn't a conspiracy anymore. So, with, but, um, so yeah, it um inspired, inspired Lois.
4: It did very conveniently tie in with the finale of the new Star Trek series just saying all this news coming out anyway yeah so i thought well i would just um write the weekend essay that week about if aliens do exist and if they haven't already come to earth and if they do come to earth um obviously we don't know what they're like or anything but if they're so i had to use star trek as my reference point because obviously i don't know what real aliens are like Mm. um so, if there's some sort of humanoid ones and they come and move to Earth, they might well need financial advice because they won't necessarily know what our financial system is. Mike, I can see you laughing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is very serious. You need to take it seriously. This could happen. I want to just
3: mention. I'm just going to mention Independence Day randomly. I love that movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. I do, but like, it's no different than someone moving from another country. You have to learn this financial systems of each country you move to, um, and it might be frustrating, but you still have to get used to it or acclimate to it. And having an advisor will probably make it a much smoother process. So I completely there you go. stand with you. They might not even know what a bank is. So that would be a good starting point. Honestly, <laughs> if I can think of when I first moved to Korea, I first of all, didn't speak the language. So that's another barrier. Um, and setting up my bank was a whole different situation there because it was it's a different system that they have and it might be frustrating for me but I luckily had someone there who could walk me through the steps
1: Lois, a potential follow up for you. Could this make the advice gap an even bigger problem? You know, yeah, <laughs> if suddenly there's possibly. millions of people not getting. Again, I know that sort of also crosses the like active passive debate. This is often a debate as well, depending on who you speak to. Is there an advice gap? Yeah, lots of people will say yes. Lots of people will say no, no, because those people can't afford it and they don't need it anyway. and And, and various things like that. But personally I am on the side of I think there is an advice gap and I think obviously advisors who are doing a good job of you know advising clients and making sure that they're in a better position surely people could benefit from that in some way or another and yes there's the whole arguments as whether that's all fat advice or you know some kind of hybrid thing or something else but yeah surely if aliens invade then uh, we could be in a bigger problem there lois (laughs) i know they're they're not going to be able to get an advisor for love nor money anyway because there's already enough of a human queue
4: they might have to train as advisors themselves and that might that that might solve the advice gap they they they, because they won't know how much they should charge for advice anyway so that might help i don't know i'm just going off on one now
1: it's a serious <laughs> <financial> <laughs> publication talking about the serious i love answers. that though. exactly i did get you some never know responses. someone might pick this
0: episode up in um like i don't know 10 20 years when aliens are roaming freely and they'll be like wow they were ahead of the curve yeah thinking about these things um,
4: i think that will definitely be the case
1: Yeah, make Um, sure you've got it like to ready to repurpose
0: the content at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna put a notification in my calendar. Um but also uh I did see another weekend essay that you wrote, Lois. Um uh came out recently. About how unfit I am. Yes. (laughs) Financially and physically. And honestly, who can I think everyone can relate. Yeah, I was just
4: so I was saying um, I'd gone to the gym for the first time in more than a year because I sort of tried to get back into the fitness after lockdown when I just completely. I know some people use lockdown to like get super fit and better themselves. I just used it to watch everything on Netflix and Amazon Prime. I didn't exercise at all I think I went out for like one walk a day so I completely lost fitness then I sort of started getting back into it again and then I just stopped again for no apparent reason hadn't done it for over a year Um, went with my sister because she was staying and she wanted to carry on her sort of fitness drive she's been on
1: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, and so she was like oh come to the gym with me so I did and I as I put in the weekend essay, I just about managed to limp one kilometre on the running machine at about 8.5 kilometres an hour. And then I was complaining to her going, oh, it's so annoying. You know, I used to be able to do so much faster. I used to just sort of run 15, 16k without even thinking about it. And she said, why don't you stop saying I used to be able to and start saying soon I'll be able to or in the future I'll be able to. And it kind of made me think because I probably get too hung up on I um, it's it, it going to come do. back around to fat finance don't worry i'm not just talking about yeah. the gym um sort of get hung up on what i used to be able to do or sort of stuck in my current phase and not really be able to get out of it and if, if um if you have a very short-termist mindset like i do it's very mm-hmm. hard to sort of think beyond a couple of weeks into the future so All I can do is just sort of think back to what I was like in the past. And the more I think about it, the more it stops me from because I just think, oh, I used to be so much better. You know, I'm never going to get back there again. So what's the point in even trying? It's just that's the sort of attitude that I start. And it's not very helpful because then obviously I'm not going to better myself in the future. I know,
0: but I think a lot of people get stuck in that for a period of time and then you kind of realise this isn't going to work and then you pick yourself up and you fix whatever it is that is bothering you.
4: Yeah, like with finances. So as um, everyone probably knows, I'm in quite a lot of debt and... um, so I just start thinking, oh, what's another hundred pounds? Doesn't matter because I'm already in thousand pounds worth of thousands of pounds worth of debt. But as I put in the weekend essay, if you keep doing that over and over again, obviously you get more and more and more thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds in debt. Yeah. And then it becomes much harder to come out of because then you're paying off more every month. So then it's even harder to save or well, I'm not even trying to save right now. I'm just trying to get out of debt. But even harder mm-hmm. to sort of budget because you're just and then yeah, I just get into this vicious cycle, and it's very yeah. much connected to sort of mental health and mindset. Because the more I spend, the more I get in debt, the worse I feel about it. Therefore, the more the more I buy to cheer myself up. Yeah. Or the more I don't so much buy stuff. It's like the more I go out, to spend money to cheer myself up. So it's all doom and gloom. Um, I did write some news as well, by the way. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I thought that was news.
4: (laughs) Um, So I went to see, um, you know, Benchmark Capital Mm -hmm. um, Network and Financial Advice firm owned by Schroeder's in the Schroeder's group. Anyway, I went to see them in their Horsham offices um, and they... um, so it was Ed Diamond, who I've actually found out is going to be becoming the CEO in January next year because I got an anonymous tip off and I can't tell you who told me because that would be very bad. But um, yeah, found out he's becoming CEO. He's currently managing director of wealth. Anyway, I went to see him and a few others in the business and learned about, well, quite a lot about the business, but I was particularly interested in this um uh, so we were talking about simplified advice or hybrid advice earlier. They're launching a simplified advice, or they're piloting at the moment a simplified advice offering. So for clients, it's basically to onboard clients who don't have necessarily have really um, complicated needs, but they just sort of want to get some advice. So they go through all these this sort of questionnaire on an app, um, and it also it's sort of tied into their sustainability pr- uh, preferences. So. They can put like how sustainable they want the funds that their money is going into to be and stuff like that. Um, And it's quite an interesting one. Although I did notice one of the comments is saying there's no such thing as simplified advice. Advice is just complicated. But I think maybe that's a bit, um, well, I don't know if it's true, because surely you can. Surely there are some instances where someone just needs some simple advice.
1: Yeah. where I was sort of think like maybe the one-off thing comes into play then that you know you you might need to sort of try and get yourself in order type of thing and yes maybe sort of ongoing advice isn't right for you at that time but for someone to have a look and sort of I don't know point you in the right direction and maybe that's where the sort of blur of advice and guidance and things comes into it as well but yeah yeah, I'm surprised uh,
4: there's not more of a thing like that to be honest like I just sort of agree health check or like a finance mot or something
1: yeah. also even, even if they're talking in terms of like it is a complex process part of the advisor's job is to make that seem easier and simplified to the end customer so whether they want to view it as the thing should be simplified advice but you know it's, it's, we've said it before about the jargon and, and the way sort of the industry can talk sometimes um maybe that you know sometimes people want to keep things overly complex yeah. because then they mm-hmm. seem important and you Sounds know smarter. To. yeah um and you know m- maybe it does sort of need to look be looked into more in that sort of sense as well of going well yeah maybe actually i think a lot of the problem is there's probably still people that could benefit from advice and maybe would be suitable for advisors to have as clients but they're not aware of Financial advisors as a profession, anyway. You know, they've, they've heard of an accountant, they've heard of various other things, but they don't know what a financial advisor or planner is and what they do. So they don't know they need it. I yeah. didn't really know the difference between a
4: financial advisor and an accountant before I joined money marketing, me to neither. be honest.
0: Yeah. If it wasn't for this career, I, I wouldn't know that. And then, and therefore, the circle around me who I talk to constantly about what I do for work also wouldn't know. Um, yeah. So uh I don't know. I don't know how that gets fixed unless you they go Kim like
1: spreading the word for
0: you. <laughs> I am I am I'm more aware. The more you open your mind to things, you know, maybe ignorance isn't bliss, you know? Um so let's move on to the September issue. Um so who are the f- uh, cover feature? I did. You wrote the I cover feature live? It was for September, yes. It, it was for
4: September, <laughs> yes. I think yeah. I did. But I I did. did. In, Where in are the we words, in the year? In the words of JB, I don't remember anything about it. No, I, mm. I do. Um, So I wrote the cover, well, I've just finished working on the cover feature for September. Um, And it's all about the changes that the um, FCA made to its AR regime. So that's appointed representatives regime for networks or any businesses that have appointed representatives actually Um, and so i was just sort of looking into what the changes were how they affected or how they are affecting networks because we're just coming up to a year since the changes came into force Mm -hmm. and so networks are now having to um they're having to like do a deep dive on all their appointed representatives every year and produce a report for the FCA into every single one. So obviously, with networks that have like 100, 150, 200 ARs, that's quite a big undertaking. So every year, they I think it's I think it's November or December they have to submit their sort of annual report on their ARs to the FCA, and they're just having to look into every single AR a lot more in depth than they were before. So I spoke to a few different networks. Some of them, or one of them, was saying that they've noticed a massive like burden has been put on them, having to look into every single one because they said, well, we wouldn't onboard a bad AR. So we kind of and, and we've we've known quite a lot of them for you know decades. So we trust them. And it's a lot of work having to look in depth at every single one. But then others other networks that I spoke to say, well, we haven't really noticed much of a difference because we were looking into all our ARs anyway when they onboarded. So I don't know. Anyway, I've gone into quite a lot of detail there and I don't want to ruin too much away. Although <laughs> say,
1: saying that, um, just to sort of go back to news slightly, just as we were going to print, an interesting story came out, Lois, which I think you oh, covered. Yes. yes, thank you for
4: bringing that up. So it was on um, Tenet. Is mm-hmm. you know Tenet the network? Um, can't remember how many ARs it's got, but it's offloading them all onto Open Work and Primus. Okay, so Primus is a um, mortgage network, mm-hmm. and Open Work is obviously okay. advice network. Yeah, and so yeah, it looks like Tenet's just wanting to get rid of all its ARs and focus on its own advice business and its like compliance services business and stuff. Which is interesting because I would have thought its network was was its biggest but Mm -hmm. anyway um so i haven't found out much more yet but yes it was good timing shows were on the on the pulse
0: (laughs) (laughs) and we'll see what comes of it in the future i guess
4: yeah and we'll see like after the first annual reports come out we'll get to see even more how much of a burden it has been or whether it's actually a good thing and how many ars potentially leave as a result and See what other networks do, whether they they jump ship or whether they sort of capitalize on it.
0: Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Future gazing. Um, and Darius, what about you? What have you got coming up in September?
2: Um, for well, for September, my guy, um, I wrote the MM meets. Uh, MMM uh huh. I met. Uh,
0: was that your you first MM meets?
2: That was my first ever MM meets. Yes. Yay. Uh yeah, yeah, no, exactly, yeah. Um I know that was a um a, a fun experience definitely. Um it was very interesting. Yeah, so i met uh, Andy Caranba, Chief Executive of Standard Life. And mm-hmm. I obviously I spoke to him. Um and, and and you know, yeah, it was interesting, uh, it was interesting to get him and uh learn you know, get to uh know him a bit more than just your typical interview you usually have. Um but yeah, he, he sort of spoke about how um <clears throat> following graduation he um moved from Scotland to Reading uh, and he worked for Prudential and um, after his sort of graduate rotation you end up working with Prudential Holborn Division which is basically like their advisor division and that's when he sort of uh, so reasonably early on his career he got to sort of know the financial um, advisor aspects of everything and uh, you know he saw how first time like, how important it is and how it can we use and he, he was saying that he wants sort of um he thought twenty first years you're saying laugh had a really good reputation with advisors and then once they get that back really want to sort of, you know, focus on that and um uh bring that back to fruition sort of presently. So yeah, that was one sort of focus of his to make it a bit more um sort of an advisor focus, as it were. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I have um yeah, no, it, was, it was it was nice to actually sort of have a more of an in length interview uh, with someone yeah. and you know, get to know you know more about them just so, just the um yeah the business side of things as well
0: yeah I think you get to meet a lot of interesting characters that way and I make them interesting characters but interesting people um and get to hear their story and how they got to where they are and that's always interesting to read um as well um Mm. and Katie what about you what have you got coming up in September
1: well, I almost forgot to write the editor's view for the magazine, Kim, wow. uh, because I've been so out of practice and I, <laughs> I wrote a leader for the magazine. So, I, you know, I hadn't done one of those. Well, I don't think I would actually had one included in the mag previously. So I, uh-huh. I wrote this leader ahead of time and got that sent over. And that was about um, interest in cash savings. Okay. Um platforms it's not a place for people to hold vast sums of money in cash that's not Mm -hmm. what they're designed for um but obviously inevitably some people do have some money in that way maybe with the way of how the market's going at the moment we spoke earlier about people sort of withdrawing money or might be doing things they might feel that cash is more of a safer haven than other um assets and things like that at the moment but It's something that the FCA has been looking at um, time and time again of, you know, are you then passing on that interest fairly to customers or are you sort of keeping that within your business? Uh, So I had a little bit of fun and sort of wrote a dear CEO letter to the platform bosses. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end, then just sort of implied, well, you know, you don't have to take this one as seriously from me. um, But the FCA might be looking at this a little bit more closely. Mm -hmm. Um, I was gonna have fun with the headline and says that the FCA takes interest in cash savings. So then I thought I could get (laughs) into trouble. So I said shows interest in uh, rather than it looking like they're actually taking the money themselves as well. Um, So that's what I did. And then obviously suddenly remembered yes, I do need to actually write an intro to the mag. Um, So the obviously it was Lois's cover feature and that got me thinking about my first job and returning to work and things like that. And Um, Mm -hmm. Because the tenant story dropped right then, I was able to make a reference to it then as well. Um, But just while um, Darius mentioned Standard Life uh, did prompt another sort of story that I did right at the end of August about the company potentially looking to introduce a platform like experience for advisors. So they were sort of at pains to not refer to it exactly as a platform, um, but would have some of the functionality that advisors know of platforms anyway. There's quite an interesting backstory with how Phoenix Group acquired Standard Life, the insurance Mm -hmm. arm. Uh, So Standard Life is now part of that. It used to be sort of Standard Life at Aberdeen and then that's rebranded to Aberdeen. But there was a whole sort of complicated thing of one of the companies owning part of this insurance bit and then the other one still owning the brand. And it obviously got very complicated for customers. So there's been a bit of a Mm -hmm. more of a clearer distinction I think both the companies are probably still in the, those final throes of getting it all sorted and and done. Um, but that's obviously, I pr- probably left Standard Life without a kind of platform. Um, and yeah, so I've got information about that, that they're looking to sort of do that. And also um, had a story about its parent company, Phoenix Group, looking to recruit for a a small number of roles, admittedly, that could be potentially at risk of redundancy um, down the line. So it's just unfortunate for them that while I was sort of trying to find out information about this platform and who they might be recruiting for, I just happened to look through a few more job applications and um, add advertisement sorry um and and saw then that yeah they're looking to they they to be fair to them they have put a clear note on it to say that this could be at risk of redundancy and it's not definitely um but that with their whole reassure business and things like that 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 could be an interesting one um as well so i think those two came right at the end of august so i think i can slip them in now as well yeah no they're definitely interesting stories and i think
0: for people who might have been looking at those jobs they might be like oh maybe I missed that section and you gave them a heads up yeah um and finally Mike what have you got coming up in September where will you be in September
3: well I well I be well uh obviously uh well I've got a leader coming up mm-hmm. in uh in uh September which is about the uh mansions house reforms um which were announced uh, by Jeremy Hunt as part of his Mansion House speech, mm-hmm. um, and I was just making light of uh, those, uh, a lot of those big big reforms um, and what they might mean for the advice market, um, what they might mean for people with pensions, and what they might mean for, I guess, also um, in my old world uh, pension scheme uh, trustees as well, because quite a few of the um, reforms were. We're touching on that i think the big themes uh in those reforms sort of headline themes were sort of uh consolidation mm-hmm. um make it you know consolidating the uh, the market um a lot more uh, and also uh by the back door trying to kind of make pensions the sort of uh, magic money tree for the government so i think those are the two two, two things which are quite interesting yeah. Um, so that's why I wrote. And then in terms of personal news, um, yeah, uh, uh, which everyone on this podcast already knows, but maybe the, the wider world doesn't. Um, uh, uh, this will be my last podcast. Um,
2: boo! Boo! I and was going to as I well.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I also just love I, I oh, the way that you asked that question. You had a real edge to it at the beginning. Like, I really noticed that, Kim. It was like, so there where would no you be? Where would you be My
0: tone was literally light and happy. Yeah. Happy no,
3: no, for I'm you. happy, no, thank you. Um, no, 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 just 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 kidding. Um, no, so uh, I will be um, I'm, I'm leaving money marketing after nearly uh, six years. Um, honestly,
0: that's a lot of commitment, I which you. is so,
3: so thank you. So I've so I've been at money, money money marketing since December 2017, December 2017. Um, and uh, I will um so i'll be leaving in mid september so You're
0: completely so, different looking at different c- stuff
3: completely different so so i'm going to be uh having to probably build myself up, up quite a bit uh quite a bit again with loads of meetings and uh um learning about new topics but a um, whole
0: new exciting chapter yeah
3: a whole new exciting chapter so so um so yeah i'm um, sad to say, say goodbye uh, but also excited about um the next step um, uh I, I guess my life really at money marketing has been about pensions, mm-hmm. um, and kind of mid September when I leave will also sort of also mark another anniversary because I became a pensions journalist in mid in in kind of mid September twenty fourteen, so it have been nine years writing about oh. about pensions either for trustees in my first life professional pensions or or advisors. so yeah. So yeah. um and so it's like
0: you're growing up. Uh,
3: yeah growing up You're evolving. Yeah, no, evolving yeah yeah so so um yeah I've learned a tremendous amount and um you know thank everyone here um you know really good team but but yeah it's um you know life happens things change um and I think I'm ready for a change um if, if I was yeah. to do like a little uh a crazy of of like to, to put labels on it I'd say my first couple of years as like the pensions you know senior pensions reporter, I was writing a lot about DB transfers Mm -hmm. and the British steel pension scheme scandal Mm -hmm. um, and how a lot of steel workers were were screwed there um, and the changes there. Um, And then my sort of second phase, I guess I was sort of writing about a lot of the, uh, about SIPs, self-invested personal pensions um, and sort Mm -hmm. of these big SIP court cases um, Mm -hmm. there. Um, um, And then sort of, I guess the sort of final stage was sort of being coming I mean, like news editor and then like acting for a bit was learning about sort of management and how to run things and, and processes um, and, and and stuff. Um, so, which is um, completely, completely different, but um, invaluable. So, so, yeah, a lot in those um, nearly six years. Yeah. Well,
1: we're, we're all very excited for you, Mike, with what the future holds, but also obviously very sad. Thank to see you. you leave our team um will you still be listening to the podcast because obviously we discuss very important things like aliens yes. so i think yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's vital that you keep listening um and also you know we might still let you come to the mm awards if you'd like to i know you Thank leave you. Yes. Birth, I, but, think, um,
3: I think, so a lot I, think, of yeah, I, think I would like awards. to i think yeah. i think i would i would like to well, that sort of thing so 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 big changes both personal and professional we're exciting all exciting yeah but but also a bit sort of like oh you know
0: um
3: <laughs> but but that's like, life that's life yeah so mm. so it's so sort of a bit anxious but also like you know positive excitement about about like the changes and and things um and I think the other thing we have to mention as well is that we have to say Darius you know <laughs> passed past his probation with flying colors and um yay
0: Darius and, you're and sticking so, with us so yeah, brilliant. yeah so,
3: so that's the other thing so so, yeah, and got the first, and then meets in, uh, yeah. which is really good, and read uh, very well um, and you also got some good, good uh praise didn't you on your Bassett and gold um coverage, which was as uh, well from, from an investor was it or an Axe investor a uh,
2: weekend essay about um what happened what occurred, yeah, it was just a nice feeling in that um to see my journalism actually um. Um, actually helps her. She benefits someone and um, uh, get her money back on the road. And you know, um, person was in need of it due to uh, circumstances. So yeah, that was it. Was yeah, it was a, it was a really nice feeling to, to actually see that. She uh, see my writer actually helped someone. So yeah, that was a uh, that was a lovely feeling. Yeah. yeah. And was, was less beautiful. than six months in the role by that stage, Darius. So very. Yeah. That's unexpected. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. Excellent,
2: yeah.
4: Mike. You've started now. You have to congratulate each
3: of us for something. Why are you doing
0: this to um, I'm not going to, I'm going to control this and say you don't have to do that, Mike. You can do that off the mic um (laughs) i'm going to wrap up this end of month podcast by saying like katie mentioned we do have the money marketing awards that are coming up on the 21st of september um so if you haven't got your seat you haven't got your table what are you doing this is going to be the best event in financial advice this year yeah i said it
3: ever And the red carpet treatment
0: like (laughs) Red Carpet, we're at the Londoner, we're busting everything. So everything you can possibly imagine and everything you can't imagine is going to happen there. So um, you should definitely be there. And also look out for our conference, uh, Money Marketing Interactive London, which will be in October Um, So if you haven't signed up for that, either make sure to head to the website and get your delegate tickets. So, yeah. Um, And also subscribe to the magazine and follow us on all our social medias. Um, But again, thank you guys so much for joining me for this end of month podcast. And sayonara, Mike. (laughs) This is the last one. I'm trying to think of a different way to say bye. But yeah. Thank au revoir,
3: you for... au revoir. That, I mean, that sounds, yeah. that sounds no. much nicer
0: than Sayonara. <laughs> but Sayonara like... is like a final, I don't know, in my mind. But yeah, thank you, Mike, for everything you've done. And uh, yeah. Thank you. Good luck.
3: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thanks, everyone.